If you or a loved one has drank Simply Orange, you may be interested in a recent class action lawsuit alleging that Simply products owned by Coca-Cola have dangerous chemicals within their products. The lawsuit against Coca-Cola alleges that the products of the Simply company contain PFAS chemicals. PFAS chemicals have been linked to various illnesses. In addition, the lawsuit alleges that the brand lied about its natural ingredients and made false advertising claims by not listing the PFAS on the juice labels. By the end of this video, you're going to know exactly what's going on with the Coca-Cola Simply lawsuit. And we're also going to cover some other ways that you may have been exposed to PFAS and forever chemicals. But first, I need you to hit that subscribe button so you can stay up to date on the latest information on these PFAS lawsuits. Hey, good morning. <laughs> good morning. <laughs> I brought you some orange juice. Would you like some? Would you like some Simply? I'm going to stick to my coffee. Why not? Why do you want? Why not? No? Okay. Well, if you listen to the beginning of this video, you'd know that Simply is being sued for PFAS. So yeah. before we get into the actual lawsuit against Coca-Cola products, let's talk about PFAS. What is it? PFAS, P-F-A-S, are a group of man-made chemicals, fluorochemicals uh, with various industrial uses, the most common of which is firefighting foam, waterproof clothing, Teflon, so why are they called forever chemicals? Nothing's forever, right? Uh, so these chemicals, they break down, everything breaks down in the environment, and these type of chemicals break down over the course of thousands of years, where a different chemical might break down in hours or days. These specific chemicals, they don't break down with heat exposure, sun exposure, water exposure, things like that. So they persist in the natural environment for a very long time. And they can build up, right? They can, they can build up. So we see that... Contamination with PFAS is typically through firefighting foam sprayed on the ground. The chemical trickles through the ground into the aquifer or the, the groundwater. So how does this affect us? Does it make us sick? What happens? The levels continue to increase and the human body is not very good at processing forever chemicals. So people who are exposed, and this is oftentimes firefighters, and you have a lot of exposure on military bases, airports, things like that, and the PFAS chemicals will continue to increase in your body. And we typically measure PFAS in the human body and blood serum. Almost everyone has some level of PFAS in their blood, mm -hmm. but if you're exposed more, that level continues to go up and it, and it never really gets processed out of your body very well. Because what is the exposure rate that could be toxic? That's been a great question over the last 20 years. The chemical companies have known that PFAS chemicals accumulate in the human body, and what they said was it doesn't do anything. That was the party line for a long time. Um, and then the EPA came out and said 70 parts per trillion in the water was acceptable. And a bunch of studies have been done over the course of the last five, 10 years. And that's not true. This is mm. an accumulating chemical in the human body and it causes a lot of problems, a lot of cancers, thyroid disease. Um, the big ones are kidney cancer, testicular cancer, bladder cancer, thyroid cancer. Those are just the known ones for those now. Are, those are very, very strongly supported. There's various others that, that are still being studied. This is certainly a developing yeah. um, toxic exposure. Let's talk about the environmental factor. The challenge with PFAS chemicals is the levels never really go down. Mm -hmm. So we're learning about filtering PFAS chemicals, and we're learning about measuring PFAS chemicals, but 
those chemicals are still in the aquifers. They're still in the water supply, and they're still going, um, not only coming in through the water supply, but they're going back into the wastewater and stormwater. Right. They're just passing downstream, so the same chemicals keep getting circulated. Which we'll talk more in depth about that in a minute or so. Sure. But I want to get into, so how does this correlate with Coca-Cola's Simply? There's a lawsuit filed December 28, 2022, and uh, Jason Seltzer, I don't know him, never met him, uh, but I, I saw, obviously, the Simply Orange lawsuit's getting a lot of um, press and a lot yeah. of coverage. Everybody wants to make sure they're safe, and, and it's a, a very interesting legal argument. That is, they say the only thing in these juices, it's all natural. Well, PFAS are not all natural, mm-hmm. and PFAS is, is everywhere in the water supply, so Coca-Cola owns Simply, Simply gets water. They they make up their orange juice and right. And people want to make sure they're not drinking correct toxic chemicals. Uh, just to be clear, we're not doing simply orange lawsuits. That's no. not how, that's not the type of PFAS lawyers that we are. But but it's very illustrative. It talks about the stuff is everywhere, and people should be aware. Um, they should be warned if they're being exposed to toxic chemicals and they should know what are in the substances that are going into their body. Right. And, and I think this lawsuit really clearly comes out and says these chemicals are in this product, and you shouldn't say that they're not, because they are. Right, and in here it says that the claims have found hazardous synthetic compounds, PFOS chemicals, and simply tropical juice, because and, and they're lying, saying that it's all natural, which I guess yeah. technically PFOS is a man-made chemical, right? P- PFOS, by its very definition, is a man-made chemical. So to say a product that contains PFAS is all natural, in my opinion, that that's not accurate. Right. That's what the lawyer said, and th- this case is still going. So. It's interesting because it says that no other flavors were tested, at least as of when this was said. <laughs> so, right. Yeah, that's um, the, the uh, but ori- if, it's the original complaint. We'll link it. Well, it also brings up a bigger question as to if the the company Simply Orange has. PFOS chemicals in it. What what other companies have given us things that have PFOS chemicals in it? Well, you think about how different liquids are made. Mm -hmm. And so we're representing a whole bunch of municipalities who have trace amounts of PFOS in their water supply. And the EPA has now said, back to your other question, that the safe level is four parts per trillion or less. That has not become the national standard, Mm -hmm. uh, but I believe it will soon. It was supposed to be by the end of 2023. Government's slow. It's not the national standard, but but that's the proposed level from the federal mm-hmm. government, from the Environmental Protection Agency. So anyone who's using public water to produce beverages, people making beverages out of this public water, are they filtering it appropriately? Are they not? Right. Development of knowledge of PFAS is, is really happened, I think, a lot in the last three to five years. Right. And I don't even know if you can tell someone what's a safe amount of exposure, because if they're being exposed through water or juice or whatever that might be, and then it's also in your Teflon pans or whatever, in your paper plates and all this, you're being exposed multiple times a day. How is it? How is there? And and it's a building of chemicals. Yeah. It's a cumulative effect over the course of time. It'll be interesting to see how this issue gets corrected because it's not just coming from one place. And I think that's part of the reason we're going against the chemical companies because they knew it was cumulative. 
they knew that in the 70s or 80s or 90s. And Right. Um, well, that kind of brings me to my next question, because Coca-Cola isn't the only company that is using Forever Chemicals. And we aren't taking cases for Simply Orange, but we do take cases that involve PFAS. So what are we taking? The cases where we're most involved in it's a huge PFAS is a huge topic. So what are we taking? Um, the type of PFAS cases that we're taking are firefighters who were exposed on the job. Mm-hmm. Almost every professional firefighter has been exposed and has blood serum levels that are very high. The other types of cases, if you're a municipality and you have a positive PFAS test in your water supply, uh, we can help you. We represent Hoosick Falls. In Hoosick Falls, New York, it's a very famous PFAS contamination site. Uh, there's a plastic company there, the St. Cobain Plastic Company, previously owned by Honeywell, and they used PFAS in their production. And it flowed out of the factory into the ground, into the water supply. So that's a really big example. That's a super fun site. It's an EPA known hazardous site. PFAS comes from industrial places or airports. Mm -hmm. Now it goes into the water. The water gets piped to your yard. You Mm -hmm. water, you water your yard. Now this contaminated water goes down the road five or 10 miles Mm -hmm. and it goes in there. Now it goes into the next town and they pump it into their water supply and it waters the next person's yard and it gets into the river and the river goes to the lake. Right. So it's like a vicious cycle. What can we do for people? In what capacity are we taking cases and who has been exposed? What, what, what is someone that we can help look like? The people that we're helping are those that were exposed to firefighter foam, okay. firefighting foam, mm-hmm. um, F firefighting foam, if you know what that is and they have an illness related to toxic exposure, kidney cancer, bladder cancer, testicular cancer, thyroid disease, mm-hmm. thyroid cancer. Those are, those are some of the big ones. Military bases. Military bases. If you were on a military base and have any of those illnesses, uh, there are many, many contaminated, and there's tons of information in the last few years coming out about military bases and the contamination level. And the reason why is... Fires are very bad on a battlefield or a ship or on an airplane. And there's a lot of training going on how to put out fires. It's very important to military goals, tactics, and strategies. So there's a significant portion, over half of the firefighting foam, I would venture to say, that was ever used in this country was used on military bases. Mm -hmm. And those are contaminated sites. They draw the water off the wells. If you were on various military bases, you were exposed to PFAS. And if you have one of those those specific illnesses, we, we would like to talk to you. What does a case look like? So when you file it, what can you give me a little short version of what the filing process looks like? PFAS litigation for us, for people who have been exposed to PFAS and have a an illness that we believe is related to toxic exposure, would go through the federal court in Charleston. So instead of having a case everywhere, in every court in the United States, a group of judges said, we're going to put all the, the PFAS cases, all the AFFF exposure cases in one court for efficiency. And that court is in South Carolina. It's Judge Gurgle. That is where these cases are being heard. So we would prove your exposure, whether it's through firefighting or military base. We would get your medical records so we can prove that you have an illness related to PFAS exposure. And then we would file a complaint into the federal court multi-district litigation. So if someone thinks that they've been exposed, they should give us a call 
Stop drinking Simply Orange. Yeah, don't uh, drink. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't. It, we can't tell you what to do, but I wouldn't. They can check out our website. Robert King Law Firm. We have military-based site. We have the firefighting foam landing pages specifically mm-hmm. for for those occupational hazards. And there's also other videos that we've done with Mike Stagg, yep. um, an attorney out of Louisiana. Gives us a little bit more insight about the AFFF um, exposure as well. So that's on our YouTube channel if you want to check it out. Yep, Mike Stagg is who I'm working with in in prosecuting these cases at the federal level. He's a, he's another lawyer that would, would help you, mm-hmm. and we work together every day, Mike and I. Right. That concludes this episode of the King Law Podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, make sure to subscribe and check out our socials, at King Law Attorneys. And if you've happened to have been injured or charged with a crime, now you know who to call. King Law, take charge.